Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sidious Mac Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. I'm coming to you just two days after running the 2024 Houston Marathon. As you may have noticed, I didn't get a chance to record the last two readings of the Lab Count newsletter. I was feeling under the weather one week, and then I was traveling to Houston the following week. I'll get back on it very soon. Later this week, I'll have a Houston race recap episode with guest host Allie Feller. I'll give her the keys to the Sidious Mag podcast for once, and we'll chat all about it. 259.12, did it. Finally broke three. I feel very happy. So thanks to everyone who sent a message or commented on Instagram. Uh, I really was feeling the love from the running community on Sunday. I've got another fresh episode coming your way today. My guest is 1,500-meter Olympic silver medalist Laura Muir. We've got some exciting news as she's returning to the Armory on February 11th to defend her New York Roadrunners Wanamaker Mile title. Last year, she closed hard to win in 4 minutes and 20 seconds, just ahead of Josette Andrews, who finished second in back-to-back years. Josette's coming back to take another crack at winning. Ellie Purrier St. Pierre is also in it, a two-time champ who holds the Wanamaker Mile record. Jess Hull, Katie Snowden. It's going to be stacked. Read more about the race and the full field over at SidiousMag.com. I'll keep hammering at the fact that tickets are on sale at MillerosGames.org. If you want to get a friend interested in track, that's the meet to attend if you're in the New York tri-state area or if you're going to make the trip for it. It is so worth it. Other than that, I urge you to convince a friend to tune in and watch. They will be hooked. In this conversation, Laura and I Look back at her 2023 season, which was a bit turbulent at times since she parted ways with her longtime coach, Andy Young, coach herself very briefly, and is now working with Steve Vernon. Despite those sudden changes, she still managed to run a season's best of 355 for 1500 and made the world championship final in Budapest, where she finished sixth. One highlight was running 4.15 for the mile in Monaco for a British record. So while we look back at last year, we also look ahead to 2024, where she plans to run the 3K at the World Indoor Championships in March. And then we'll go all in towards getting back on that podium in Paris. Laura is one of the gutsiest racers in history, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is Laura Muir. All right, and now we welcome on Laura Muir with some special news. You're coming back to New York City, a, a city that treats you so well with running with Fifth Ave and Milrose Games to defend your New York Roadrunners Wanamaker Mile title. Uh, what's got you most excited about, you know, kicking off the year 2024 uh, at the Armory? Yeah, no, yeah, really, really excited to, to head back to, to the big city. You know, it's... Um, yeah, like you said, lots of fond memories competing there, um, both indoors and on the roads. So, um, yeah, I just, like last year, it's just such an amazing competition, I think, just the atmosphere and how close the crowd can get. And I, I love sort of that 
the intimacy of like the indoor meets and but that was like something else so um and it's got a nice trophy too so um yeah no I'm just really excited to go back you know fast track good competition um, really good atmosphere so um, a really good spot to, to go and race yeah how do you use a race like Milrose, I guess, as like a little bit of a fitness and temperature check, you know, for the year? It's like an, you want to perform at your best. You've got world indoors on the calendar, but ultimately, you know, the goal is to peak in the summer at the Paris Olympics. So, you know, how do you get ready for a race like that? Right now you're in South Africa in the middle of a of a training block. So, like, what is the important thing to get done at a race like the Milrose Games? Yeah, so we're keeping um, the indoor season this year pretty pretty short and sweet. Um, you know, Paris is the main goal, but um, with the world indoors being in Glasgow, that's that's pretty special. Um, so yeah, I'm going to targeting the three k at world indoors. So with the mile, it's just a nice sort of you know shorter distance, test the speed a little bit, get um get the rigs moving a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's just like a really nice kind of marker and race sort of a few weeks ahead of world indoors. Um, just you know, nice bit of fun, no pressure, just going see where we're at and if there's anything we tweak ahead of ahead of Glasgow but yeah I think it's just, it's just about enjoying enjoying the races and I really enjoyed it and yeah I think I can get a lot out of the race as well in terms of a little bit of a, a tester get back into that competition environment um and yeah this is a really nice one to compete at yeah was it an easy decision to put world indoors on the calendar for you I know there's guys like Jake and and Josh out there who are getting a little bit of flack for like not mm-hmm. fully committing to it so what would have been your like sales pitch to get those guys like come on you know this is on <laughs> a, on home turf this you know the crowd will be behind us but for you it seemed to have been an easy decision yeah I mean I completely um sympathize with them it is you know, it's not like it's European indoors, it is world indoors. So it's it's tough. You know, it's it's a global competition. It's going to be really difficult. Um, and you know, we have got the big one this summer as well. So yeah, and I just it does depend, I guess, where you're at in training, kind of what you kind of follow in terms of your your training schedule and things. Um, but for me, I was originally thinking I might not do it. Um, but then we found out the three K is a straight final and it's on the Saturday. Um, it just fits really well because I'll be doing sort of a quite a big endurance block at that point anyway. And then with it being a straight final on the Saturday, I'd usually do a session on the Saturday. So I'm just kind of subbing out <laughs> a session for potentially a world championship final. Um, but it just means, you know, it doesn't disrupt my week. Um, you know, it's 10 minutes away from my house. So it's pretty easy in terms of travel as well. You know, the past past couple of world indoors um, that I've missed, which have been in Olympic year, have been sort of... Um, further afield so it's it's so easy being at home as well so yeah it just sort of it needs to fit because Paris is important and it is is you know the biggest thing this year but for me me it fits with my plans in terms of the logistics and training and and the schedule and the race schedule so yeah and I would be so gutted about sitting at home watching it so um yeah I, I'm hope I'll be there I've not I've got the qualifying time but I've not obviously I need to compete at British Championships first but hopefully I'll be there and hopefully I'll do well in front of a home crowd yeah so for you, I guess I, I want to take this opportunity to kind of look back at the past year before we look forward to all this stuff at, in, in 2024. So it's been, I guess, almost a year since you parted ways with the, your longtime coach after 12 years. And I remember in the lead up to Budapest, you described, you know, 2023 as pretty turbulent. You know, I guess how hard was it now that you have, you know, all this time to look back? And then at what point did you really start to feel like yourself and things were clicking again yeah it was tough because um you know I originally decided just to self-coach myself for the first couple months because I didn't want to sort of jump into any particular training program or any particular coach 
with obviously Paris and World Indoors this year, and it was very important. So I wanted to make sure the setup that I had was the right setup. I didn't want to go into something really quickly and then look at it back at it and think, oh, actually, that maybe wasn't the right decision. So I did take, you know, a couple of months to make that decision. And and the, it was really difficult, you know, trying to manage myself um, as an athlete, which I'd, I'd never done before. Um, but I think it was definitely, you know, the right thing to do. Um, and I'm really, really happy now with my new coach, Steve. He's He's been fantastic. So um, we've got into a really good routine and I'm really excited with the training that we're doing. And I think, yeah, the results we've been getting have been really exciting. So, um, yeah, it's, it was a difficult process, but one that I think I dealt with it as well as I could do, given, you know, it was very difficult. But um, everything's in place now for me to be hopefully as successful as possible um, this year. And I'm just, yeah, really excited. Uh, looking forward to seeing what I can do. Yeah. I'm sure that when that, you know, sort of an unexpected change happens, like at first panic settles in, but then eventually you did find happiness and that's how you described it. What 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 brought that back for you? It was just knowing that there's a lot of things we could change going forward and that actually I had a, a lot of potential as well, which is really exciting. So I think it's just being settled and feeling supported in the right way, um, which which I do feel now, which is which is great. So yeah, there was a lot of, of really big changes, but I think sometimes you just get to that point where you have a little light bulb moment and you think, this has got to change, that's it. So yeah, I made those changes and it was it was there were difficult changes, but I'm really, really happy now that you know I made those decisions and those choices um, and everything settled pretty well. And um yeah, I'm in a good spot heading to heading to this year and heading into Olympic year. Um yeah, which is a good place to be. Training wise, specifically, how are you? How are you feeling right now? You you know you're in South Africa during training camp. Uh, what what are you getting done in practice right now? What's the main focus? <laughs> um, just consistency. Yeah, being consistent, just getting getting those training days in back to back. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been exciting. We've been doing a lot of new stuff in training. Been a lot of new stuff in the gym, which I'm seeing a lot of benefits from. So yeah, it's exciting to kind of have a new stimulus that I'd not really had for kind of the best part of a decade, really. Um, and I seem to be responding to it really well. And um, yeah, raced in December over 3K and ran um, 834, um, you know, with the last 2K solo. And we hadn't really done any sort of tune-up type stuff. Um, so to do that by myself, yeah, that's exciting. And I could have gone a bit, I think, a bit quicker if I had people to race against. So to do that in December, it's like not not bad. So I feel like, well, we've got a couple of months to kind of, yeah, quicken up a little bit, um, you know, focus a little bit more on those intense sessions um, and get ready for Glasgow, then it could be pretty exciting. Yeah. Without giving away too many major secrets or anything like that, when you say like new stuff, like what is that mm. for you? Because you are someone who, you know, thrives off of the analytics and the data in practice. It's like, what are you seeing that's di- or, or doing that's different from, you know, picking up the training log from 2019 season or even like 2021? How much has, you know, your training evolved? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the gym twice as much as what I used to be now. Um, and I'm doing stuff sort of tailored specifically to to my weaknesses and um, so avoiding sort of injury and making those things a lot more efficient and stronger, which is great. Um, and then I've been doing um, a lot of like threshold type stuff as well, which I never did before. Literally everything I used to do was like run as fast as you can for as long as you can. And that was it. Whereas like now we're doing some threshold stuff. So I'm, I feel like I'm getting a lot more out of myself and my aerobic capacity is getting so much better. Um, so that's like a bit of an odd process to kind of like run slower to get faster. It was a little bit weird. And I think Steve was tearing his hair out at the start because I was like, yeah, but I can go faster. And he's like, yeah, but that's not the point. So I was like, okay, but so I'm learning and I am, I am a lot better. Like, I think I was 
yeah it was a bit hard to kind of do at the start but um I seem to be yeah responding really well to that and my aerobic base is so much better which I think will really help in terms of my endurance which um I want to get better for next for well for this year now um so yeah it's been loads of changes but it's been it's been exciting it's been good yeah so I feel like on the men's side of the 1500 everyone's so quick to you know credit the Norwegian method and you know the double threshold work that you know Jakob and his brothers have like popularized you know for us who are not you know as quite in the know on the women's side like you know you're mentioning threshold work now you know how different is it is the way that you train I guess from the likes of you know your biggest competitors like a faith or a good off like from your understanding like what is it that they're doing that's different and separating them from you know from you and at the same time like is it it's just so interesting to me that it's like the double threshold stuff and that hasn't really you know crossed into the women's side totally as much I mean to be honest I can't re- I don't really know um I don't really know what they do <laughs> um so you know say uh, I'm, I'm around them at competitions but that's that's all I really see them we're not on same training camps and things so I, I've not actually seen them train um but I think they do a little bit more point mileage than I do I don't do a huge amount but we are sort of increasing that um a little bit now and um, which I think will help but um yeah to us I don't really know yeah <laughs> yeah I just know I do I just focus on what I can do and running as fast as I can that's all I can do so yeah it was interesting yeah. I, I did go to Kenya last June and I you know saw Faith doing a long run and she went like 35k I think at one point and you know, so I guess like to your point, like some of those longer runs, it was on a very hilly road, which now kind of makes me understand like, oh, we see what Safana San is doing in the marathon. It gets you excited for like what Faith could potentially do. You dipped your toes into the 5K last year for the first time, like in a while. How do you feel about sort of your skill set when it comes to, you know, eventually moving up full time to the 5K or just beyond that? Like, where do you think you're sort of at in your progression? Because you've been sitting at the, you know, the top end of the 1500 for over a decade now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to get my 5K faster. I've not really kind of trained properly for that event. I've just done kind of done it off my 1500 meter training. So and I think looking at the 1500, you know, I can match the girls over 800. I'm just about there with the 15, but my 5K has got a lot of work to do. So that's why I wanted to get a lot faster over the longer stuff, build that endurance, which I think will help me in terms of the rounds of the 1500. Um, so yeah, and, and I think off of even just the stuff I've done already, my 5K is a, a lot, lot better, which is great. Um, and yeah, I think I could probably do a good a good 10K at the moment. But to be honest, I don't think I'd really want to compete much further than like I do I guess I do a half marathon for like my long run but I, I wouldn't want to train for anything longer than that like I just wouldn't enjoy it I just know that I like the short fast stuff I'll leave the marathon to them like I just couldn't I'll, I'd love to run one one day because I feel like it's a really iconic distance and something to do but I would like I would just do it off my training I'm doing just now and yeah. I would jog it like, I would not race it I would not train for it I'm like that is not I do not have that mindset for that for that event. So, uh, but yeah, I think I could probably competitively maybe do a pretty good 10K. Um, and I could do probably a half marathon as a training sort of thing. But I wouldn't be wanting to be at a, a high, high level for, for anything over 10K, I'd imagine. I, don't, I just wouldn't want to do the training for it. So, yeah. Good yeah. news for Eilish. I guess like some of those records, you know, will will stay. I had a great conversation with Jenny Simpson a couple of years ago and I got her thoughts on just sort of like 
how racing at these championships and even the 1500 has just like changed so much from, you know, the world championships in 2013 to, you know, the Tokyo Olympics in 2021 for you, I guess, like what have been the big major changes? The most obvious one, of course, is like everyone's getting faster. The spikes have made advances. Faith is still at the top, you know, throughout all of this, but, you know, for you to keep up with just the evolution of the event, what are the big sort of leaps that have been taken in the 1500 i think in terms of the championships they've been they're running a lot different now um so before they used to be very tactical you know it'd be more like an 800 meter race um whereas you found from the recent championships probably uh, doha 19 tokyo eugene um this budapest actually was still they've all been fast and the rounds have been fast so i think it's sort of rather than sort of plodding round and then a bit of a kick for the rounds and the final it's getting to the point where actually all the rounds and the final are really fast so um yeah so that's a big change in terms of the championships um sort of environment but to be honest I think I guess I think a lot of the girls were capable of running maybe not as fast as what we're seeing right now but a good two or three seconds faster just weren't given maybe the opportunity to in terms of races because I guess the time where everybody's at their peak sort of shape is the champs and they weren't run fast so I think had they been hard, fast races, we would have seen maybe faster times um, a few years ago, but maybe not quite as quite as quick as just now. But yeah, I think, you know, advances in the shoe technology, the wave light, um, the tracks, um, it's a little bit of everything, probably training as well. You know, I think people are getting, um, you know, those little one percenters all the time, looking at different things, tweaking different things. We're all learning. We're all going to get faster. We're not going to get slower. Um, you know, there's always going to be advances in every part of sport, I think. I'm a 354 runner um, and that m might not be enough <laughs> to get on the podium. So that's why, you know, when I moved to Steve, I was like, we need to change stuff because I've kind of, I've plateaued at kind of a 54, 55, which is a great place to plateau. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy with that, but we need We need a couple more seconds to try and get on that global podium. So um, yeah, it's insane to think that's where it is now, but it's, it's very exciting to be part of that, you know, to be part of the greatest distance runners I've ever been. So it's good. Yeah. How does that change sort of like that approach to, to peaking at the right time? Like it, it used to feel like you could time it several point, key points. It's like the Monaco Diamond League. It's going to, you know, it's guaranteed to be fast. And then at the same time, you want to be at your best for the world uh, world championships or the Olympics. But when you have that conversation with Steve, I guess, like how do you go about planning for the year in terms of, you know, staggering your training and your peaks? Yeah, I mean, I guess. That's why Glasgow fits so well, because it is a straight final, so you don't have to contest rounds. It's on a Saturday, which is a normal session day, but it works really well. There's not sort of travel involved, so you have not having to miss days of training in terms of logistics. So, yeah, it's tricky trying to, trying to run through stuff because you want to peak at the big champs, but at the same time, you do want to run well on the circuit. So you might have to cherry pick two or three that, okay, we want to get a really fast time out of this. And then there might be another two where you're thinking, okay, we might have to train through this a bit more than we'd like to, because we want to be where we want, you know, at the best place in Paris. And if you taper for every single race, you're not going to, you're going to lose a bit of fitness and you're not going to be where you want to be when it comes, when it matters. So yeah, it's about, I guess, having the right expectations for the races and, but don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like I've trained really hard through some races and they've still gone really well. So it's just trying to get that balance, right. You know, kind of easing up a little bit, but not too much to take away from your training for the, when it really matters, but also you, you want to have good races, you know, you don't want to be really tired and knackered in each race. So yeah, it's about prioritizing what you want from each race um, and where it fits in with the major champions as well. But it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Cause you want, you want to race and you want to do well, but 
you can't you can't do that every single time um unless you're you know a good few seconds or a good few meters ahead of everybody else so yeah the presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mag podcast is Olipop. We've been pounding Olipop for months now, and our gut health has never been better. We all know the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda. Olipop calls itself a new kind of soda. It's a delicious and healthy alternative whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices. Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that is packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla, lemon lime, banana cream. My favorite flavor is Tropical Punch. Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders while using code Sidious25 at checkout on drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So the next time that you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. Here's a question I'm sure you get a ton, and I'm sure it'd be easy to pose it to your coach, but there is no answer right now. It's how do you beat Faith Kipyegon, right? Yeah, like people constantly ask you this. You've mm-hmm. already kind of noted a couple of times. It's like you're looking for those extra couple of seconds to even just, you know, get you on the podium. You know, the win would be amazing. But for you to kind of like process that, it, is it something that you just have to kind of suppress in your subconscious, like in training and not think about like how how just head and shoulders Faith is above everyone else right now? Yeah, it's mental. I mean, I think it does help that I have beaten her maybe like two or three times a few years ago. So I have done it, but not for a long, long, long time and never in a championship setting. But, um, you know, it's it's possible. Nothing's impossible. Um, And I think it's been really exciting actually discovering there's lots of areas that I can improve this year. So it is nice to know I can get faster and there's that capability. You know, I've not kind of we've not maxed out and everything. There's still quite a lot of potential, I think, to improve areas, which is exciting, which is good. Um, but it seems to be like when I, when I get faster, she then also gets faster. So I was, I was narrowing the gap a little bit when I ran 54 in Tokyo, that was like getting there. And then she's just widened it again. So I'm like, ah, oh, every time I get a little bit closer, she goes kaboof. But um, I'm trying my best, but yeah, well, I think all I can do is like focus on myself and just being the best athlete I can be. And if that gets closer to her and potentially tiniest little chance near like beating her, then that's all I can do. But yeah, I mean, she's the best we've ever had. Phenomenal athlete and deserves, yeah, all the recognition she's had. It's been amazing this year or last year rather. So yeah, it's very exciting to be part of, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to try and keep up. Yeah. Yeah. In 2023, you were in all three of the world record races, right? Hmm, yeah I'm like her lucky charm yeah <laughs> what is the approach like you know in some of those where it's sort of like knowing it's going to be fast you mm-hmm. it's not a championship but it's sort of like is it just especially in the 5k I'm sure for you it was like all right I gotta just hope you know not get distracted by the fact of like all this exciting stuff is happening you know in the front of the race but like it lifts up the whole entire field I guess the coolest moment was Monaco and just how many national records and personal bests fell in that race that you know what is it about faith that lifts up the rest of the competition I think she just know we just know if she's going for it she's going for it so 
and and if she's going for it she's probably gonna do it as well you know there's no messing around it's like she's here to run as fast as she can which is great because we're all wanting to do that as well so um no it's it's great to be involved you know part of that and um yeah it's it's just amazing to see her I remember I think I went through about a key more or less kind of on on well I think I was coming off a little bit um at about 351 352 pace and then seeing her go away when I'm running that pace I'm like oh my word but um yeah it's amazing you know to, to see her do that and to be able to celebrate with her afterwards as well and the track's a really special moment and yeah just so nice for for us all to be there for it as well so it's um yeah it's tough and you just I remember going to Monaco I thought I just have to run my, run my own race like I can't I can't go with that as much as I like to believe in myself as it that's that's beyond my capabilities so I just knew I had to do my own race so I know I wanted to get the British record and then in running my own race I got that record so I, I was really pleased with that but yeah it just means you just got you just got to try and uh, as much as she's yeah it's absolutely amazing you've got to just try and focus in on, on what you want to do um, on that given day but it's yeah it's brilliant to be part of it yeah yeah off the track what's that relationship like because you are someone who has like faced off against her since i don't know like 2014 2013 it's been you know a decade-long friendship too yeah i think we've competed in um pretty much a global final every year more or less since 2014 yeah so we had commonwealths in 2014 worlds in 15 olympics in 16 worlds in 17 Um, there wasn't a global champs in 18 but she would she had um her baby and then 19 covid olympics worlds wow. worlds olympics yeah so we're the only two i think people have come in and out people have been there for a few years and then stopped or they weren't there at the start and now they're here so we're the only two i think to have been in all those 1500 meter you know championship finals for so long Um. so yeah it's, it's amazing to see her in the start line again i'm like oh hello for the longest time too i think like i think what stood out to me is because you know, you as a British athlete with the British press and just like, you know, in English speaking media, I would say you were a champion for kind of vocalizing a bit of like, no, faith deserves more credit and stardom. And I feel like it wasn't up until this past year with the world records that it finally hit that tipping point where it's like, oh, the rest of the world is now recognizing like Faith Kipiagon is this global superstar. Yeah, because she'd literally, she'd won everything. She'd won doubles of things, back-to-back things. Um, yeah, like, you know, had a baby in it as well. And then you had the five-year gap between Olympics too. So to spend your Olympic title, but with a five-year gap with a pandemic and having a child, and then you do, you then you win the Worlds again. It's like, what? It's crazy. And then she did the double this year as well. So I was like, why is she not getting this recognition? It's, it's crazy. The only thing she didn't have was the world record. Um, and then she got three, which is great. But um, yeah, so it's like she doesn't do anything but half, you know, if she's going to get something, she's going to get it and do it, do it good. So which was great to see. It's just a shame. I feel like it took until now for her to get that recognition that I feel like she deserved, you know, a few years ago. But at least she's got got that now and she's got those world records, which was kind of the missing piece of the puzzle, I think, for her. She had everything but that. So I know she's got multiple of them, which is great. So um, but no, it's just so nice to see someone like who's done so much with the sport um, and for our country um to be so successful and so humble with it as well is really nice yeah how attentive are you to even just like what your the legacy that you've written for yourself within british athletics and like i guess yes like the global championship gold is still out there as a goal but what what else do you want to try and accomplish within your career yeah i mean i think um 
yeah, done pretty well. I think I remember when I started off making the senior teams, I thought, well, I want to compete all six championships. And then I did that. And then I was like, right, well, I want to make a final in all six championships. And then I did that. And I was like, right, now I want to win a, win a medal in all six championships. And now I've done that. Um, and, you know, I've I've defended titles. I've, I've broken records, broken championship records. Um, so, yeah, the only thing that's really missing is that global title now, uh, which is hard, very hard to get. But, you know, I've got a medal and everything. I'm European champion, Commonwealth champion, Olympic silver, world bronze, um, you know, multiple medalists over um different events and you know different championships so yeah I feel I've got all the British records now that I want to that mile one of Zola's was bugging me for for a good while but managed to get that last year which was good but yeah I feel like I've ticked an awful lot of the boxes now um but yeah I'd love to I'd love to run a faster 5k because I feel like it's not really that time doesn't really do do I think the shape that I'm in justice so I'd love to make that faster and then yeah that global that elusive global title it's um yeah I mean, it's 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 so so hard. Even just to get on the the podium at a global level is incredibly difficult. Um, so to win is is crazy hard. But I'm gonna keep trying, and um, yeah, that's all I can do. All I can do is just kind of focus on on myself and just work as hard as I can and getting myself in the best shape I can. And if that's enough to get on the podium, great. If that's enough to win, even better. But um, yeah, I just I just love running. I love my love my training, and I just feel very privileged to be in this position to to be as successful as I'm being in the, in the sport and have got so much from it. So yeah, very, very fortunate. And I just hope that it can yeah continue for a few more years and I can get a few more medals on the boards as well. Yeah. Sitting from the position that you're in now, all that success and the medals and the titles and the records kind of help alleviate it. But I guess the most recent thing is that you did just get a medal upgrade, another one from European Indoors 3K bronze from 2015 after a Russian athlete was found guilty of doping and banned. And that would have been, I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I think that that would have been your first senior international championship medal. So I'm guessing there's complicated feelings about just sort of like getting the medal in retrospect all these years later. But for you, I guess, like when you look back at that moment and just being, I guess, robbed is the word that everyone likes to use about those moments, but being robbed of the podium in Prague as a 21 year old, I guess, like, what, how do you think about that moment now that you have clarity and this closure to like, you know, maybe there was suspicion along the way or whatever, but like that, that was a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just being, being 21 yeah, and it would have been my first, first medal. And I had to wait, it wasn't until 2017 until I won my first medal. Um, after that. So yeah, I think it was, it's hard, you know, missing out in the podium as well. It wasn't as if, you know, I'd got got a bronze or a silver and I've been upgraded I missed out on the podium altogether um you know coming forth and but I didn't really think of it anything at the time you know I was young I just I just ran as fast as I could and I was like oh it's fourth that was it you know um but I remember I ran so hard <laughs> so hard and um yeah and then to come forth I was I was gutted but it's yeah it's, it's very very difficult but I think I feel incredibly lucky you know I've, that I'll receive the the medal whilst I'm still competing and I can finish when I do finish my career, I can say I won I won this medal. I don't have to add it retrospectively, you know, after I've retired. So it's it's really nice to be able to, yeah, to be awarded it whilst I'm still competing. I know a lot of athletes are not afforded that that opportunity. Um so I'm very grateful, you know, to everybody involved in the process for for the the medal allocation to myself. Um it's really, really important. I think I can't stress enough how important it is that, you know, the athletes that deserve those medals get those medals. It means so much. It doesn't matter what time frame it is you know they deserve them um you know hopefully the, the quicker the the better but better late than never you know um and so i'm very happy to to receive it and um 
yeah, it just it just took a while. But yeah, I think I'm very, very fortunate that I'm at a level where I'm competing and I'm winning the medals despite people being um, you know, cheating in the sport. Um, but yeah, it's sort of sort of those one of those things that's like with your control, but I think we're getting a lot, lot better at catching those people, um, which is great. And hopefully the people that are winning the medals are those that that deserve them and, and earn them and we're not having to do as many sort of medal re- reallocations later on down the years. But um, yeah, so it's a mixed one. You know, it's the first time it's ever happened to myself. But um, yeah, I don't know what will happen again. But um, yeah, very fortunate. I think that it's, you know, a turn of events that I'm able to receive the medal whilst I'm still competing. And it will, um, yeah, join my little collection, which I'm very happy about. So, yeah. Where do you keep all these? Uh, I've just got them um, at home in various different places. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, some rapid fire questions before we wrap up. So I guess what's the latest update on where you are in veterinary school? I guess like for for a while, like did you put it on hold for a bit or like where are we at? Yeah, so I graduated in 2018. Oh, okay, um, all right. Yeah, and I did I did look into um, practicing whilst I was running. Um, but unfortunately, it's just veterinary. It's, it's not really a, a job. It's it's a life. It's kind of like running, you know, you've really got to commit to I wouldn't want to do something half heartedly. You know, if I'm if I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. So, yeah, unfortunately, it just it just didn't really work out to combine my veterinary career with my running career. And um, I was a little bit nervous about it. You know, I spoke to a lot of vets and they were like, no, you know, you can only run for so long. Yeah. Focus, focus on the running for the time being. Yeah. What's your favorite animal? I guess I got I, I'm I'm curious since you probably would have yeah. to deal with so many. Yeah, I like dogs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so many amazing cool animals out there, but there's nothing like a dog. So yeah, I love dogs. Yeah. Um, another fun question I've started asking everyone at the end of these podcasts um, is if you hadn't turned professional in running, what's mm-hmm. the other sport that you think you probably could have taken the farthest? Um, I quite like kayaking, um, but I don't know if I'd be very good at that because I'm quite small so um I don't know if I'd be very good but I like I like well I say I like skiing I've only done it two or three times which was over best part like probably 15 years ago uh but I loved it it was so nice I think if I'd done skiing as a kid then I'm probably could have been quite good at skiing maybe because I just I just really enjoyed it and it was really good fun and I have a bit of like a what's the word adrenaline junkie sort of streak to me as well so um yeah maybe could have been an okay skier yeah Another fun one is, and I've been tailoring this to each athlete-specific event. So for you, we'll go the mile here. Uh, if you were to take over my coaching, uh, my current PB for the mile is 509. How how many weeks would you need to get me under five minutes? Uh, for, I guess, current fitness state, uh, I am running a marathon this weekend. By the time that this is out, I've been keeping it super secret. I'm going to Houston to to run the marathon. Hopefully, oh, cool. we'll try to get under three hours. My PB is 306. So I'm like right in that in that range right now. Uh, but all right, say after my two weeks off, you take over my training. How many weeks would we need to get me under five minutes? And you run 509. I've run 509 in 2020. I, like, I think... I probably like a month, I reckon. Yeah. One month of training under Laura Muir. Perfect. That sounds good to me. I feel like nine seconds when you're on five. Yeah. Month, a couple of months. I reckon you could have a good bash at it. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, All right. Final thing. What's got you most excited aside from the Olympics for athletics in 2024? Ooh. 
Um, I think it's just building off the success of Budapest. I think, you know, it was amazing championships. I think it did a really good job in elevating the sport. Um, World Indoors, I think, is going to be really exciting. I think, I think as far as I'm aware, it's sold out with the tickets. Um, it's a great atmosphere back in Glasgow in 2019 of the Europeans. So, um, yeah, I think that will be an amazing championships and hopefully get everybody sort of um, geared up for the for the Olympics as well. But, um, yeah, I think I'm just really excited to hopefully see the sport build and build because, I feel like last year the profile of a lot of athletes and the sport did a really good job. So I'm just excited to see, yeah, what the biggest um sport and competition can do for the sport again this year. And hopefully we can just keep keep the positive uh sort of cycle going and just yeah, elevate the sport as much as we can. Yeah. What's the loudest stadium that you've been a part of where you've like stepped onto the track and you're like, oh wow, like this is this is crazy. Um I think london 2017 world champs okay. i guess that's a big stadium and being a home athlete i remember running around and like as i went around i could just hear like some like a mexican wave of noise it was like wow this is quite cool because i don't normally take that much in i'm usually very focused and i don't hear anything um so i think i was probably the loudest but i mean indoors is is great like glasgow in 2019 was, was really good but it wasn't as many people but it was still really loud i think because i was so close to it um, but biggest biggest sort of noise would probably be London, but I think the best can be atmosphere had is probably Glasgow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the bar is set now. The Armory and the people <laughs> in New York know what to do. We need to get extra loud for when you hit yeah. the track on February 11th. Uh, Laura, this has been a pleasure catching up with you. Excited to see you here in New York City. And uh, we'll see you in just a couple more weeks. So best of luck in training. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.